end it after the shovel, or will it? Miami running around, circling, oh look out! Gronkowski didn't have the angle! Touchdown! Oh, how can you drink? A miracle! Hello, welcome to the Dolphin UK podcast. Uh, I've got like a bit of a smile on my face because we won. We won <laughs> on a game. 17-9 against the Houston Texans. It was a bit of a slog, but still, wasn't it, lads? Let's, let's not lie. <laughs> si, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. And the, yeah, you're right. It was nice to get a win for a change, wasn't it? Seven consecutive weeks of misery and, yeah, finally got, got something to smile about on Sunday. Lee, how are you, sir? Doing really well. Uh, to be honest, I don't care how it comes. Win is a win. Uh, no, I know. I can't remember what the score you predicted, but I think it was still, I think there was a slight differential to, in there. To, to be <laughs> f- in my defence, and I'm going to do it this week, this week <laughs> you get two score predictions, the with two a score and the without two a score. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> can't uh, argue uh, too much with that. <laughs> uh, Let's start there, actually. I mean, we don't have to uh, <laughs> give all of the time in the world to a finger injury, but it's a bit of a... A weird one, wasn't it? It's not your normal injury where your your quarterback's injured, so he he doesn't suit up, and uh, you know he was. They said he was good enough to go if if completely needed, but not good enough to start. I mean that that it feels a bit, bit odd, doesn't it? Side bit bit of a strange situation all round. It does, and it reminded me of what happened last year, where Tua injured his finger away at Denver and then missed the Jets game the following week where he was seen or spotted warming up in the tunnel, throwing a football. And it almost, there's a lot of parallels with with this one in that he played a game which um, he didn't play particularly well, same as the Denver game. He got an injured finger and all of a sudden he's missed this game as well, yet he was seen on the field throwing the football. So there are a lot of parallels between what happened last year and what happened this year. I'm not reading anything too much into it, but it it does seem a bit weird that the slightest injury to a finger and 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 all of a sudden he can't go. It just does seem a bit odd. Yeah, slightly uh, odd situation, but it looks like we we haven't got uh, we haven't got tour this week either. From what we can judge at the moment as well, uh, Lee, your kind of thoughts on Jacoby's performance uh, in Tua's stead? I mean, it's exactly what we expect from Jacoby. You know, it, we we had enough weeks of it to know exactly what was coming. It, it it turned what I think should have been a reasonably comfortable game, and I still believe is a reasonably comfortable game for Tua in there uh, into. Uh, what it was a bit of a slog, you know. Let's be honest; they, they they allowed them to hang around on on a fumble at midfield, and uh, you know a couple of bad interceptions. Like, yeah. yes, Tua has made mistakes too, but I don't believe he makes that amount of mistakes in one game. Um, that that's just my fe- feeling on it. Um, to be honest, the way it was going, I actually truly thought if. Um, if the, the Texans had managed to put a drive together and score points there, I would have thrown Tua back in. I, I don't care because I, I really believe that it's a case of win no matter what. We're not affecting our draft position by winning. So, you know, if you want to show this this team that you're serious and that you, you truly believe in the best players will play, when he plays that badly, your only other option on the bench is, is Tua. I'd rather have him throwing 10-yard routes than than fumbling at midfield in, in, in what is point-scoring opportunities. Yeah, no, that's a fair comment. And I, I just, well, I've got you, I'll just stick with you and, and talk about the kind of the balance of the offence at the moment. It just feels a bit, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't recall a season in which the Dolphins have asked their quarterback to throw for 45, 50 times a game so consistently. There's normally a, a balance to it, isn't there? Of course, there's the offensive line thing here, but... I mean, it's a bit worrying in my, in my eyes that we, we've got Brissett out there throwing 43 passes. It feels like we should be utilising the run game. Even if it's not producing as well, we should just still be hammering it into teams to kind of free up those passing lanes. What, what do you reckon? I just don't think you can. I, I think I, I understand the premise and I, I'm not against it. Just there was a couple of drives there where you run the ball on first down and second down. You have no choice but to throw it on third and what is medium to third and long. Like, because there's nothing, and whether 
you want to put it solely on the O-line or say that it's partly the back's fault. I believe the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. I don't think the backs are good. And I don't think, obviously, the O-line isn't good. Um, something I want to get onto later, especially, um, yeah, some of the some of the talk over the last couple of days about the O-line. But I, I think this is exactly what, what we asked for because we knew the O-line was going to be a problem. And we screamed for a running back in the off-season. You know, we heard they were going to go after a high-priced free agent. We heard they were going to they were after a whole bunch in the draft and none materialized. And we ended up with the same players we had last year. And no, nothing against Miles Gaskin. He's been a good back, but really I believe he's a number two. And Salvin Ahmed is what he is. He's an undrafted player and he plays like it. He shows flashes where he's good. And he shows flashes where you can understand why he was undrafted. It's it's the inconsistency that is the problem, not not the talent on on the highlight reel. I can find you a highlight reel that says this guy can play football. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. Sorry. On that note, actually, Lee, um, this season is all about, and we've talked about it before, is about evaluating whether Tua is the guy. That's the primary objective. Now I think we can all probably agree on that for this particular season. And, and Andy mentioned about how the, the play calling has lent heavily towards a passing attack um, throughout this season so far. And I think if you want a fair evaluation of Tua, you're going to have to throw the ball because you can't get that fair evaluation if he's only throwing the ball maybe 15 to 20 times a game. He has to throw it more if you want to analyse and and get that fair evaluation of whether he's going to be that quarterback or not. So from that perspective, you you have to hope that Tua throws the ball plenty um, so that you get a big enough sample size to fairly evaluate him, I think. To be fair, we saw exactly what happens if, if you don't let Tua throw the ball last year. They win games and everyone everyone complains anyway. So, you know, <laughs> that's right. I mean, you could, you've got, you know... I, I'd rather live and live and die on the arm, arm of the quarterback right now. I think that there's a couple of times as well this season where we've seen fall from one. You run Jacoby sitting there, get stopped twice. Um, even in London, you brought him in. Okay, he he pulled the play off, but we also got stopped on a fourth down play where you try to run out of a wildcat. You know, like and, and these were in games where Tua was playing well. He had no reason to pull him. It, it was nothing to do with, the, with his ability to convert on third down. It was really seem to be you're out thinking yourself. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Um Gaskin this week, by the way, 20 carries, 34 yards. It's uh, it's quite a stat. Yeah, but does, does it does it count if he gets more on Thursday? Can okay, we just add it into the one week? Oh, right, like, yeah, yeah. A week. <laughs> yeah, 40 carries for 70 yards would be great. <laughs> yes, all good. Um positive though, uh d- defensively I thought we looked Solid, good. Second week in a row, we've we've had good possessions and sorry, well, good, not possession. I've got the ball, but good, good uh, series on defense. Five sacks this week. That's uh, is that a season high, Sai? You're the you're the stat yeah. man. Is that a season yeah. high? <laughs> I believe it is. Yes. Five sacks. Uh, Van Ginkle, Needham, great sack from Needham. Love that one. Uh, Ogba, two and a half, and Phillips uh, half a sack as well. So. Really good. Two interceptions. Uh, I don't know what Tyron Taylor was doing, but Jerome Baker seems to have his head screwed on for that play. And, and Javon Holland continues uh, to, to come on as one of the better draft picks we've made in, in recent years, for sure. So some really positive stuff on defence. Um, si, you you got any uh, thoughts, opinions in that space? I do. Um, just before I go on to that, though, um, Miami's five sacks were the team's most since they had six against the Bengals um, towards the end of 2020. Uh, interesting. So there's your there's your stat confirming oh, what we said. There we go. That's what we love. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. Thoughts on the game? It's, I mean, it's becoming apparent over the last few weeks now that the Dolphins are getting a nice young group of core players on defense that they can potentially build around. We've got Holland, Brandon Jones, uh, Jalen Phillips. Of course, he's coming on week by week. Christian Wilkins is playing at a high level. And Jerome Baker is still a young, good linebacker. So I think we're getting that core now that we can look to build around long term. I think Travis put out a good start online um, earlier in the week in that uh, Juwan Holland and Brandon Jones are number ranked numbers one and two in quarterback pressures in the NFL this season. 
So they they seem to be working really well as a tandem. So given all those aforementioned players, I think we've now got a really good young core of defenders that we that we need to uh, look to build around. Really, and that's not taking into account Byron Jones, uh, Byron uh, Saving Howard, and Byron Jones. So of course, um, as a as who are obviously not not the worst um, cornerback pairing in the land, but they're not going to last forever. Um, so I think they're the positives that I've taken from the last few games, actually, is those those core young players that are, that seem to be playing well at the moment. Yeah, it's interesting after two years of talking about how good the cornerbacks have been, that they're kind of... I mean, I think Jones has been good again this season. Not so sure about Harrod, but I think that it's weird that we're talking about other positions now that's kind of started to be the um, front and centre, uh, uh, given how much um, emphasis... Flores and Co. put on the cornerbacks. I wonder if we could have a new cornerback pair next year or at least one half of the tandem will be different and it'll be um, interesting to see whether that comes in the draft or, or they're willing to pay high, uh, a lot of money again for, for a high-quality replacement for, for X if he, if he does depart. Yeah, with, with Howard and Jones being the cornerbacks, I'm, I'm dying to use the line, things can only get better. <laughs> for those for those who used to uh, listen to um, 80s music, um, you'll you'll understand where I'm coming from there. And so you grinning all the way through that, just, yeah. uh, just and the build up. Um, Lee, talk to me a bit about um, the pass rush. Um, just seems to be getting better week by week, and, and is that because of Jalen Phillips, or is, is there other reasons behind that? Do you think? I think it's partly because of Jalen Phillips. I think it's also partly that. They seem to be getting pressure with just their front right now. Yes, they, you know, don't get me wrong, you know, um, Holland had a sack um, and they're still sending pressure from the back end of the defense. But when they don't, they're still able to cause trouble. And I know it's against the Texans and I know the Texans aren't very good, but this is also a quarterback that's caused us a problem every single time we've played him, whether he's been on a good team or a bad team. Um, never thrown an interception against us, you know, like. We've been. Everyone's very quick to jump on the team for, for stuff they're doing wrong. The last two weeks, the defense has been stellar. They've been really good. Um, I don't think, as I, I I'm going to keep harping back to the Bills game, where I don't think that last um, touchdown was a fair reflection of uh, of the game. I, I believe they held them to 19 points. Um, you know, realistically, um, and uh, it, they look more like last year's defense. They're playing more pressure, um, and I think they need to this week. They it, they need to play the way they did last year. If they get beat that way, that's fine. But, you know, we've seen them try and play off and try and do things, try and be clever, and it's just not worked. You know, we've given up a lot of points against bad teams. Um, the last two weeks, it seems to come together. I think Baker looks a lot better. He looks healthy. Maybe he just needed the week off. Maybe he needed that. The, the time he missed in the game, plus the following week, you know, like that kind of almost two-week period to get better. Maybe the late buy for him is not such a good thing. Because I think this week, he looked better in every aspect of the game. Yes, it was also against the Texans. So we'll see how that pans out this this week against the Ravens. But, you know, like, he deserves massive props for being able to, for realising he was out of bounds, for re-establishing before catching that pass, then making the catch. You know, it, there, there was so much going on there. It's a really really veteran savvy play. I, I believe that the rookie ends up catching it out of bounds because you're just unaware of where you are on the sideline. You, you saw that sort of experience show. I think the corners, I, I think the corners are playing at such a high level right now. The last few weeks they've been, that's what, that's what is allowing the young guys to come on because they're doing their job right. Um, they, you know, X still gives up some yards at times. It's, that's going to happen. I, I'm not going to kill him for it because that's the, you know, the way his game is. That's the way he's always been. Um, and they said the young the young guys are starting to really shine. And I don't necessarily think that's a surprise. We've seen from Brian Flores and, and the defence that it takes a while to get it. It's taken a while for veterans to get it. And the, the young guys are really starting to shine. Jalen Phillips has been getting better on a week-by-week -week basis. Um and long may it continue because it makes that pick so much better. You know, bearing in mind, we know that that in particular here, you know, we banged the table for a, for a running back there and running back is a problem, but we did also solve a problem and that's, that makes it okay. 
wonder if in the off season, if we don't re-sign Ogba, I, I still think he's going to need someone with a bit of veteran savvy on the other side of the line. I think that's going to be incredibly helpful to bring in Phillips on as much as anything. I think he must be learning all the time from Ogba. Um, and Ogba just seems to be one of these veterans that just doesn't cause any fuss. He just gets on with it and he makes game-changing plays as well as we, as we saw on, on Sunday. Um, I, I haven't really got anything else I want to touch on on Sunday. Lads. I'll open the floor. Does any, anyone else want to make any specific points at all? Or? Yeah, I think. Yeah, sorry, Lee. I was going to say um, a win is a win, of course, but in the whole scheme of things, in terms of the season, the win doesn't really matter, other than ensuring that we try and catch the number of wins the 49ers make, because obviously for the for the draft picks that we've effectively swapped. So, from a win perspective, if it gets us nearer to that 49ers win total, the better, because clearly we don't want to. Um, waste an opportunity where we've grabbed the number two pick overall when obviously it's going to the Eagles. So from a win perspective, as I say, as long as we get nearer or better than the 49ers wins, then for me, that's the main objective from a win total this year. Yeah, I, think, I can get on board with that. I think, sorry, Leo, I've got to come to back to you and say, um, yeah, I, I, I genuinely think that the 49ers aren't a good football team as well. So that, that could be very... Uh, incredibly possible. It's just I, I I I don't want to win so many games that there's not kind of a bit of a front office reshuffle at some point. And in, in the fact that I I don't really care where the first round pick is because I'm not entirely sold on their ability to to draft at this point. Um, which I, I you know I know that's I don't I think a lot of people feel the same. But you know the the higher more chance of missing it feels like. It's almost best to be in that kind of in that teens range where you pick up players like Christian Wilkins, Minka Fitzpatrick, those guys that are no frills but could really do, do something for the roster as well. Anyway, sorry, I, 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 I digressed into draft talk, which is far too early. Uh, Lee, go on over to you, mate. I just I was just going to put a slightly different spin on it, and the ever optimist in me is is going to going to come out here, but. We it feels like this team also has a chance to win a lot of games. The only game that on the schedule that, that looks like an immediate loss right now is this week. Every other game is well, maybe the Titans game. The Titans are a really good team, but they also they they they're a team that that are beatable if they come up against the wrong opponent. And I think we have the corners to beat them. I think we have the, the secondary to to beat Tennessee. Um but other than that, like the, the Saints have got in injury troubles and are up and down. Um, obviously, we've got to play the Jets twice. That, that those are obviously winnable games. We've got to play the Patriots, but I still believe that's an even matchup, providing we're still healthy-ish by the time we get there. And I think we still have players to come back. Like there's a possibility that we end up winning a, a, a good number of these games if we broke the back of shooting ourselves in the foot. We did everything we could to lose that game on Sunday and, and came out with the win. And I truly believe you have to get over that sort of game before you can move on to actually trying to win games. Obviously, this is all prefaced by the fact that we need to start quarterback back because I, like, I don't see how Jacoby Brissett gets as many wins. Yeah, all, all fair enough. And, we're only three, but three wins behind the Bills, aren't we? I think. But, but that's what I mean, which is crazy, isn't it? Like, it is, yeah. And, you know, we're only a couple of games behind the Patriots. The teams in front of us in the AFC, yes, we're not going to get there. But even if you're looking at it from a Patriots point of view, like, there's a lot of teams in the AFC right now that are trending in the wrong direction. The Raiders are going to, you know, have got all sorts of problems. The Brown, The Browns aren't as good as everyone expected them to be and they're hurt you know this it, it's a bit of a mess and I'm, I'm all for going to try and win games like so what you're saying is I should lump on the fins to win the Super Bowl yeah why not <laughs> hey we won a game that's all it matters exactly I did look earlier so like 30, <laughs> 30, 30, 30, no, 30, 3,000 to 1 a friend so of mine did text me after after we scored 
scored in the second half saying we're going to Super Bowls. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We're all on board that train. Um, a quick game ball. Uh, who do we want to hand them out to? Sai, come your way first. Um, I think I tweeted out during the game that Mike Gesicki is the team MVP so far this season and those couple of grabs he made, especially that one-handed grab um, early on, um, just made me realise that he is the best receiver on this team at the moment and he justified it with his performance on Sunday, so he gets my game ball this week. Awesome, yeah. That's, uh, and he's very popular shout to, to extend him, wasn't it? Uh, that seemed to be every Twitter account's main <laughs> takeaway yeah. from the uh, game on Sunday was to extend uh, Mike Kazuki. So we're all aboard that train. Lee, your game ball? Um, I give basically everyone a defence one because I thought they all played. I, I think there's too many to, to not give them out. Like, you know, Baker played well. Phillips played really well. Javon Holland played well. So I still think the corners are playing exceptionally well. Um I give everyone a defense line. Why not? We've got to win. I give it, everyone can have a game ball for football. Okay, like. <laughs> Good stuff. I'm going to go Ogba. I just think he's uh, the, the kind of difference maker on that defensive line at the moment. And uh, our best chance of, of picking up a few more wins. Um, I know I said we should trade him. I know that we should have <laughs> got some. I do think we should have got some some value if we if if we're in the mode that we're not going to win. But, you know, obviously the, the coaching staff still believe there's a, there's a team that's going to get to five, six, seven wins here. So ride the back of Ogba. I think he's your uh, he's best threat in the backfield in opposition offences. Once you didn't trade him, though, you got to extend him because otherwise you might as well have traded him. Yeah, exactly. But sorry, there was one thing just before we move on that I wanted to bring up. There's something that scares me a little bit about Jacoby Brissett and, and it's definitely a trend. And you, um, Simon mentioning Mike Kosicki is what really highlight brought it back to my mind. When, when he pulls off a play that's good, he goes straight back to it. Exact same play, same route, same player. It's bang, the ball's, ball's back there. And it feels like it's only a matter of time before somebody else figures it out and they start returning these for pick sixes because you're going to dare to jump somebody's routes. And it's got nothing to do with, with, with Mike in, in particular. It's just that's the one that they reminded me. Had a great one, had to catch, and threw exactly the same ball in the next play, but didn't throw it quite as well. And... Um, you, you know, it got back. Mike tried to get it, in it and, and it fall, falls incomplete. But I think, you know, it happens too often. It happened, happened with Waddle a couple of times. You get a good completion straight back to him in the same spot, running the same route. And it's, I don't know. It worries me that I can see it because then someone else got to figure it out. Yeah, when you gonna, when you said you you spotted one thing that about Joe Jacoby Brissett that worried you, and then there was a pause. I think you were going to say his arm. I was going to say. That was it. It's just a Kobe Brissett worries me. There's no more to it than that. <laughs> yeah. um, I'll be honest. I, I'm actually, you know, I know he's, I know he won the game on Sunday, and you know he, he's obviously got the veteran presence. I'd just as happily stick someone else in there and, and find out because I don't think he's providing enough to warrant uh, warrant what it is. Now the only problem is right now the only people you can go and get are rookies that that haven't played, and that's probably the only reason he's still there. I think if there was a half decent veteran floating around the open market that you, you might see it happen but Josh, Josh McCarron make the big comeback <laughs> there you go um, no, great. Yeah, I mean we, we'd take that just for the jersey um, which we discussed at the week, uh, weekend didn't we but yeah right uh, on to uh, Ravens preview we're joined by a very special guest so I will segue nicely into that section Great. Well, we've we've reached uh, Ravens week uh, before the season, James, for, for your info, before we introduce you. We, we, we were really excited about this matchup. This was going to be the make or break for the Dolphins season, Thursday night in prime time. Uh, and now we're just kind of hoping to get through it, I think, and, uh, and move on to, uh, to, to easier games to come. But yeah, joined by uh, James Ogden from uh, UK Ravens. How are you, mate? Thanks for joining us as well. Yeah, I'm great. Thanks, Andy. Yeah, good to good to be here with you guys. Nice one. Um, we'll kick off. We'll, we'll ask a very easy question to, to start with. I imagine you're quite content with the season so far for, on your side of things. Seems to be a lot of like last minute uh, field goals, everything like that. But if you're on the right end of that, that that's good, isn't it? You can't complain. Yeah, exactly. We've we've had a um, 
we've had an interesting season with all of those those dramatic endings. I think you you can't be unhappy with six and two, given we've got I think it's now sixteen players on IR. I think we have them. Uh, I think we're second to the Packers in terms of salary on IR. Um, you know, we lost a lot of players very early and some very crucial players to our to our running game and offensive linemen and Marcus Peters and just we lost an awful lot early on. So to be able to get to six and two with with so many players missing has been a, has just been a real achievement. And it just it just speaks to the the to how lucky we are as Ravens fans because the the front office is just has just been able to build um, a, a whole roster that's able to compete. And you see our players end up on other rosters all the time that we're in our, that are on our 90 man in the, in the, in the summer, they all always, lots of always end up on, on other rosters on, Dolph- on the Dolphins roster with Greg Manx and um, Zach Seiler and some other guys that we, we used to have. Um, it just shows that we've got really good depth and and those next men up have been performing all year. So got to be happy with the, with the season so far, yeah. Yeah, and then in terms of, uh, well, the, everything runs through Lamar, doesn't it, really? You can't, we can't deny that. But talk to me about the defence uh, a little bit as well. I mean, how impressed with you, uh, have you been with that? And is there any kind of uh, concerns that maybe not the Dolphins can exploit, but any, any areas which other teams might be slightly more offensive-minded uh, might, might be able to exploit? Yeah, I actually think um, it'll be interesting to see this week. Um, I think there are some ways in which you can you you may be able to exploit us this this week. The 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 thing for us on defense is it this isn't the this isn't the same defense to be feared that that we've had in in previous years. The defense has um, got a lot of holes holes in it because of the because of the issues with um with injuries um it looks very different without marcus peters in, in on the back end we have been missing Derek wolf for most of the season Derek wolf's key to our run defense and i think you know there, there are now other misses as well brandon williams missed the last game who's our nose uh we we've lost the sean elliott for the for the year now as well who was out for a couple of games earlier in the season and 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 is is a is a real key loss. So the defense isn't quite what what you're used to from a Baltimore defense. You can get at us mainly with big plays. Um so the Vikings had some big plays and just just this, this Sunday just gone with Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. So there's some stuff to potentially exploit. The one area I expect to see you exploit a bit because I know you you run Gesicki and Waddle with some in some interesting um route combinations. And th- the thing I think that you that you should be doing early is is putting Brandon Stevens, who's our third round pick, who will be starting at safety, just in com- putting him in conflict as much as possible, get him to to pick his poison and, and see if he can if he can play if he can play the coverage on the back end how how he needs to. He's looked pretty good in the in the limited sort of sample size we've seen of him but he's looked really good as a weapon that they deploy all over the formation not as the starting free safety so it'll be interesting to see how he holds up and I'm sure you you guys will, will attack that early and often James you haven't seen our offense lately have you <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have actually because so I, I so I write a piece for Russell Street Report which is um, a big Ravens blog in the States called Battle Plans where I preview the the next game in depth and how the Ravens might go about beating the, the next opponent. So I've watched a, quite a bit of you of your all 22 <laughs> recently. And um, so I, I'm, I'm speaking with optimism for you. I do. I have <laughs> seen a little bit. You, you poor man, you poor man having to watch that. Um, <laughs> good God, sir. Yeah. Just looking at the uh, official rankings in terms of defensive rankings and where the Ravens sit, they're next to last in the whole of the NFL in terms of passing yards per game. You mentioned about the team being hit with injuries. Obviously, Marcus Peters has been lost. Um, is that an obvious weakness that you could um, predict given the injuries or is it a total surprise in terms of where they sit giving up that amount of yards per game because you don't associate that normally with a Ravens defence, do you? No, you certainly don't. Um, it, it is a it, like it, it certainly was a surprise to all of us that it's that it's that it's been pretty pretty bad, the the past defense specifically. I think um, the thing I'd say is that 
I don't think it's I don't think it's quite as bad as the as the statistics make out. It's a little if you look at DVOA on football outsiders, it's a little bit little bit better. We've we've been the victim of playing some high powered offense, our high powered passing offenses already this season. So I would say that it's not as bad as it looks there on paper. So it's not a kind of abject pass defense, and there have been large portions of games where we've 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 been dominating. But the Vikings game is a, is a great microcosm of the of the defense's season. You know, they 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 have some miscommunication in the secondary and gave up a massive long touchdown to Justin Jefferson, and that you know that's padded those passing stats against us. They gave up a big run to Dalvin Cook uh, early in the first quarter, and outside of that, and maybe another another what I think another Cook run, they didn't really give up much at all to the Vikings. So they they are able to control large portions of games, but we've been giving up big plays and we've also been had a lot of mistakes and miscues in the secondary, specifically missed tackles. You know, you, you really can get ours in terms of um, yards after the catch, but then that's not a great, that's not a great matchup for you guys. Cause I think you're close to last in terms of yards after the catch. So uh, it's not something we necessarily need to worry about this week. You mentioned about you giving up a couple of big plays to Dalvin Cook. Looking at your run defense, you rank fifth best in the NFL, ninety-one point nine, sorry, ninety-one point eight yards per game. Given the fact that the Dolphins are struggling to run the ball, I can see where if the Dolphins are going to have success, it is in that passing game. Um, but uh, I don't know if you saw the game over the weekend, James. Um, Jacoby Brissett started somewhat surprisingly in place of Tua, and as it stands right as the, at this minute, Jacoby is going to start again on Thursday, pending any improvement from Tua. So, from a Dolphins fan perspective, I don't think um, Jacoby Brissett is going to le- well. He won't do as well as Tua, let's put it that way, I don't think, in terms of the, the passing attack that the Dolphins offer. The only thing I'd say is I think, I think, I could be wrong, but I think I remember us facing Brissette before. And there is something about facing a Wink Martindale coordinated defence for the first time. So he he feasts on, on guys who haven't seen the kind of blitz packages he, he dials up normally. So... There might be a little bit of a crumb of comfort for you there that I think Brissett has, has seen us before. But I mean, yeah, he the the, the run defense has been has has been pretty stout. We've had some trouble with with some specific schemes and backs, but it's still pretty stout. And obviously you guys um I, which is, I, I hate because I kind of like I, I do actually kind of like Miles Gaskin as a back. And um I, I mean just watching watching your offensive line block for him. Um, it, in my study for bowel plans was was, um, was pretty painful. Wait, hang on. Sorry, I've got, I've got to jump in just here. You actually saw the O-line block for him. <laughs> We've been waiting all year for that. Yeah, yeah maybe that was a bit charitable. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. The words offensive line and block don't go together when it comes to the Miami Dolphins. That's it. I didn't know what 1.7 yards for carry for Miles Gaskin on uh, Sunday. There's a there's a fantastic stat for you for your lead back, um, James. La- last time we we matched up, 59-10. It went to the Ravens. It could be fairly similar this time, to be fair. But um, interestingly, the Dolphins seem to have peaked in between that and gone back down to to, to earth very quickly. But t- talk to us about how. You think the Ravens have evolved in that time? Obviously, Lamar's a bit older, a bit more mature behind the line. Um, uh, Harbaugh's got obviously more time to, to get to know his, his quarterback. What, what kind of differences should Dolphins fans expect to see? Uh, you know, from, from two years ago, uh, and talk, talk to us how we can like spot that on, on Sunday. Yeah, that game was that game was interesting because it was I think it was <clears throat> Hollywood Brown's first game, and he went off with like I think he only played about. 15 snaps and just just torched you and then we and then we then he struggled for for a while so i think the thing that's the thing that's very different is this this team is this offense the way to attack the offense is through the offensive line which we can talk about but this offense is is dangerous now because it's balanced because if you do if you do line up to take away the run which some teams have done you you know you watch you watch the denver game vic fangio literally 
sacrificed everything to stop the run. He he did not want us to get 100 yards. He wanted to be the defense that stopped the Ravens from from complete continuing the streak. And he sold out to stop the run and he paid for it. And that's what teams are, are finding this year, that if they sell out too much to stop our running game, which isn't as good because of the losses of Dobbins and Edwards and Justice Hill, <laughs> Lamar will beat you through the air. So he 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 worked over the offseason on his mechanics. He's a very different thrower now. You don't see any kind of wobbly balls come out anymore. Um, his base is much more secure, especially when he gets pressure up the middle, which is where he's, he he struggled in the past. And this is, sorry, this is a nuanced conversation about Lamar's ability as a thrower rather than a, <laughs> he's just a running back. So he does, I'm, I'm willing to accept as a Ravens fan that he does have areas for development, certainly as a passer, but I think he work, he's worked on them a lot. And he now has an effective receiving core. Hollywood Brown is a legitimate number one receiver now. Um, if you look at his last 16 games, I think he's on, I think he has 1,300 yards and double digit touchdowns and 80 receptions. So the guy's a number one receiver now. And the the real scary thing is you've got Bateman opposite him, who in the first in his first three games has looked like the perfect foil, a guy who can go get contested catches, who is a real really good separator. We hired some coaches at the start of the season, Keith Williams and T. Martin, who um, have really transformed the passing game in terms of the concepts. So it's a much more sophisticated passing game with better weapons and a better thrower. So if you do decide to sell out, stop the run, we've got all the ways of beating you now. So that's that's a it's it's a dangerous offense to to contend with now. The offensive line is a struggle. There's been a lot of lot of injuries, and Ronnie Ronnie Stanley being miss, missing is a huge blow. Some of the Zeitler hasn't been as good as we we would have as we would have hoped coming in. Bozeman's pretty good. We have Terry Phillips playing right tackle at the moment, and that's a disaster. Um, so you can you can get pressure. But you have to be really disciplined with the way you get pressure because if you're not, then Lamar will, will torture you with his legs. Talking of Lamar, um, Brian Flores, as you know, is a disciple of Bill Belichick at the Patriots. And the Patriots traditionally, uh, from a defensive standpoint, try and take away the best offensive weapon on the opposing team, which in this case is clearly Lamar. So, but two part question Has any team tried to stop Lamar Jackson this season and last? And if so, how did they do that? And um, do you see the Dolphins, from what you know, from a defensive perspective, having the same success? So I think the challenge is is a myth that you can stop Lamar. You You have to decide which way. You have to pick your poison, basically. You have to decide which way you think he's least likely to beat you. So if you... If you want to stop him running the ball, you can do it, but you can't just do it with a spy. You've probably got to use two spies. You've got to continue to, you've got to stay in your rushing lanes. You've got to put a moratorium on stunts. Like there's a ton of things you need to do to stop him from beating you with his legs. So if you do that at the moment, he's got weapons to beat you in the passing game. So you kind of have to decide which way you think is best, best to do it. There have been teams that have shut down his run, his legs pretty well. There have also been teams that have shut down his his ability to pass the ball pretty well. The Vikings in the first half did a really good job um, on defense against him. I, I think from what I see that's difficult for the Dolphins in this game is, is I think with Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, you probably get, you, you match up reasonably well against us on the outside. The, the problem you're going to have is that if you do bring any kind of exotic blitzes, any overloads, you're going to leave space behind for Lamar to beat you with his legs. And if you play too much man coverage, they showed against the Vikings, they're quite willing to spread you out, run, run a lot of vertical routes and just leave a load of space for Lamar to beat with his legs as well. So the difficulty, I think, for the Dolphins is that it doesn't, the, the teams that match up well with us are the teams that are like the Bengals did um, are the teams that don't, don't have a coverage scheme that you can sort of nail yourself to. They, they change, they roll out of cover two, cover three, cover one. They, you can't, they have very little tendencies. So they, the Ravens can't really over prepare for them in terms of passing game and are pretty vanilla in the way in which they rush the passer. So it's kind of, I'm not so sure this is a, this is, I think this is a good matchup for the Ravens offense personally. There you go. That's the, that's the kind of detailed breakdown we like, isn't it? And that's, uh, it's going to be really interesting one actually. Um, 
other other sort of stuff then, mate. I mean, talk to us about the run game briefly outside of Lamar. Um, you've obviously mentioned the, the loss of your main guys. Uh, who are we expecting to see this week? I think Latavius Murray's a bit dodgy. Is he, is he fit or is it Devonta Freeman we should be facing? Yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure Latavius Murray will be out again. It, it will probably de- be Devonta Freeman. And even if Murray is healthy, Freeman has looked like the best of the stable of backs. The real problem with it is um, the Ravens had started to get really sophisticated with how they with how they got teams off Lamar's legs in terms of designed runs. So Dobbins being such an explosive back, you had to respect his ability to the outside. You had to re- respect that explosion. And so what that then meant was you couldn't respect Lamar as much. And so we just put teams in conflict all the time. So that's going to be... The, the the challenge now with our running game is it's just it's outside of Lamar it's pretty pedestrian you know you can't you're not going to get Freeman or Bell consistently on the outside or beating people in space it just doesn't happen then they don't have that kind of juice anymore so the the running game is pretty pedestrian and so you you can stop that you can shut that down outside of Lamar's legs um <laughs> And I can't, I can't see how that's that's going to improve throughout the season because because backs with Dobbins explosion don't don't grow on trees. And Tyson Williams is the other guy in the backfield who is who in preseason and in the first game looked easily the best of the stable of backs, but he was had some fumble issues and he had some issues in pass protection and they kind of stripped him back and try to rebuild him and he just doesn't look the same back. He just doesn't have the kind of confidence. I think he needs to leave really to, 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 to realize his potential again. So there's not a lot there basically in our running game at the moment. Turning the attention to the receivers, you've mentioned it already, James, but Rashad Bateman has come back from injury. What can we expect? What skill set does he bring um, to that wide receiver core? Cause we, as you know, we had a vested interest in, the wide receivers in the last draft um, with drafting Jalen Waddle, but there was some argument for waiting until later in round one or early round two to pick up a receiver. And I think Andy was keen on Richard Bateman coming out of college. Um, so he was one that we tagged as a potential dolphin. Ultimately, we obviously we went for Waddle. But what kind of player does Richard Bateman seem bring to the offense for the Ravens? And and what fu- kind of future does he? he have because I know he's missed a bunch of games through injury so he's not not played too much at the moment has he no so he's only played three games now but what we what we've got from him is what I saw in college too which is um a guy who so I've done the um the scouting academy which is um a, a course over in the states to where you sort of do player evaluation and they teach you that route running is kind of used a bit too much like route running is not something that you don't know what route they're being asked to run so you can't necessarily always judge their route running they they took they make you grade separation quickness which is understanding the component parts of the of the route and knowing how you how to get open basically and bateman has an innate feel for getting open he just has really good separation quickness and it's not because he's particularly athletic it's not because he's particularly explosive it's just because he understands how to get in a defensive back's blind spot he understands how to set up um set up his break point he understands how to keep a consistent stem He's just a really skilled wide receiver. He's got great hands as well. And he's and the other thing that I think is underrated in, in receivers is mental processing. Like, how are you able to understand how are you able to break down coverage as a receiver, understand it, and then know how to get open based off of that? And he's exceptional at that. You know, he's exceptional at finding the soft spots in zone coverage and and sitting down and getting open for Lamar and we haven't had that we really haven't had that kind of really skilled receiver we've got so much speed with brown and brown has added a lot more to his to his um to his um to his skills as a receiver but bateman is just different in that sense and and we've seen it already he i think he's had 12 catches and all 12 have been for first downs so he's He's just the guy that we've been missing, basically. Um, and I don't, I'm don't. trying not to get too carried away because it's a very small sample size, but we're pretty excited about him. I know. Only, if only we'd decided to take an offensive tackle, a.k.a. Penasol, and then get him later. That was that was my argument. I got 
absolutely bullied by Dolphins Twitter for wanting to take another offensive lineman. But there you go. I, I won't. I won't lay with the point too much. Um, you should, Scott, Andy. You're right. <laughs> I, know, I should. I, I really should. But like, these two, like, these two were Najee Harris at 18, which was kind of fair enough. I, I'll, uh, I'll let, let it slide. Um, James, I think, you, I think you've got to dash off to, to, to record your normal podcast. So I think you might be the most comprehensive guest we've ever had previewing a, a team with us. So really appreciate your time, mate. Um, just let us know where um, where we can find you on Twitter and other other platforms as well, mate. Far away. Yeah, I'm uh, at NFL Ogden on Twitter. I am um, one part of the UK Ravens podcast, uh, which comes out every Thursday morning. Um, where we, you know, we have a lot of fun and preview preview games and review previous games and have some great guests on. Uh, I also uh, write for Russell Street Report over in the in the states, uh, which is a big Ravens blog, and uh, do a weekly podcast called the Battle Plans Podcast, which is a companion to the piece I write every week, uh, previewing the next game. And I have my own site called RedStarBaltimore.com, which is a bit more focused on the draft because uh, that's my kind of first love. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. Awesome. I can't let you go without a score prediction, which uh, uh, could be quite quite brutal. So hit us with it. <laughs> so uh, having watched you, I do think you're better than your record. Basically, I think it's like it's been a little bit unfair. And the thing with the Ravens is it will be cl- it will be close because all I think it will be close because all of our games have been close so far. And I I, I think really highly of Brian Flores. So. Having said all of that, I think I think it's going to be reasonably low scoring, actually, in terms of Ravens games the last few last few weeks. I'm I'm vamping to try and get somewhere. I, get. I think I reckon about I think 20, 27, 14 to the Ravens would be my prediction. It's quite kind, I think, isn't it, lads? Quite kind. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah very that. kind. Thanks, James. <laughs> uh, so, thanks, James. We uh, really appreciate your time, mate. No problem. Thanks, guys. Great. Yeah, well, that was a really nice uh, piece for James. Thought he was really knowledgeable, brought a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of intricacy to, to, to his analysis, which is um, sometimes quite rare in the UK space, in the NFL space in the UK, should I say. Um, so that was really helpful. Uh, obviously, he left us with his score prediction. Uh, let's go and do that, uh, as we always do with us here. Sai, what's your score prediction for Sunday, mate? I mentioned in the chat Thursday, with Thursday, not Jeff. Sunday. Sorry, yeah, Thursday, Sunday, not yeah. Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned in the chat with James that as it stands right of, of this moment, Brian Flores came out in his presser today and said uh, Jacoby will start if the game was today, but two have still got a couple of days left to try and get ready, and it might even be a true game time decision. And I just wonder if Brian Flores is saying that to keep not only ourselves guessing, but the Ravens guessing as well and and having to plan for both quarterbacks because they both offer something different. So that might be potentially a reason why he said that today. But if if it's not clear yet who is going to be the starting quarterback, uh, Lee mentioned it before we recorded, we're going to have to have two score predictions, one with, or did you say while we recorded, Lee? I can't recall. Yeah, but, while we recorded, yeah. Yeah, um, we're going to have one prediction with Tua and one without Tua. So my on that basis, then my score prediction without Tua is Ravens thirty-eight, Dolphins ten, and with Tua it will be Ravens thirty-eight, Dolphins ten. <laughs> That's what we like. Uh, I can get on board with that. Uh, no, seriously, I think I think if Tua plays, it will be a lot closer than if Brissett, Jacoby Brissett plays. To be fair. No, no, you, you just ruined it, Sai. I'm not going to lie. You, you went, you went full kind of <laughs> realism, uh, and then you kind of rode it back a bit. <laughs> Lee, go on, mate. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I hate to say it because I, I predict to win every week, no matter what. I think we take an absolute pound into Jacoby Brissett's in there. I just don't see a way it ends. It ends well for us at all. I think he, he struggles at so many things. And the biggest one for me is he doesn't get the ball out quick enough. And I hope that, that part of the reason for sitting Tua on, on Sunday was we would rather have him for this week. And we believe Jacoby Brissett is good enough to get us through last week's game against a bad team. Um, because you still have to work on the basis that the, the coaching staff believe in the team because it's the team they assembled. So if that's the case, I would rather have Tua play this week than last week against against the Texans. Um, and I'll be honest if you can only throw the ball 10-15 yards and you've got to play that sort of playbook do that I, I would rather 
see that because we won't turn the ball over as much. Um, and, and you can put together, we've seen to have put together long, sustained drives. Um, so, yeah, I would much rather that. I believe if, if two are played, I think we win by a field goal. Because I believe that I believe the Ravens are fine. I believe the Ravens are finally beatable. Um, they they in all the time I've been a Dolphins fan, they have spanked us every single time, except the game Joe Flacco didn't play and Devontae Parker caught a, a ball over someone in the end zone. It was a it was a good game, but um yeah. If if I Brissett plays, I, I, I don't even know what's a score for Brissett, like uh, if, if Brissett plays, then it, Lamar Jackson is going to score more points than the Dolphins' whole team. Oh, for sure. Uh, absolutely. I'd say if, 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 if Tua plays, give me 27, say. Why not? Very, very ambitious. But we like that. That's what you bring. bring air of positive. Nothing to lose at this stage, so... <laughs> I think if Jacoby starts, it's going to be 42-7. There you go. And if Tua starts, it will be 35-17. 42-7 Miami. (laughs) (laughs) I do do also think, though, we we have the ability on defence to cause the Ravens trouble. Because really what you want to do is, for all as good as Lamar is, you still really want to force him to throw the ball. And that's still the way the defense has played the last two weeks. What we're going to, it is our best chance. Doesn't mean we win, but it is our best chance. And I, you know, I'm not a massive Lamar Jackson fan overall. I don't think he's the sort of quarterback that's actually going to take you to a Super Bowl win. Um, I, I think to be honest, I think he's a poor Josh Allen. And I think we saw this defense defend Josh Allen particularly well. That's a call, mate. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm on board with that. No, that's, that's that... fine. Let's just say it's, it's just me. And uh, then Lee wakes up to reality. Yeah. I, don't, I, I, I don't know if he's better than Josh Allen. I think he is. I think he's much better than Josh Allen. I like. I like Josh Allen in terms of big arm, traditional quarterback. I know he can run the ball, but. Uh, when Lamar is running towards our secondary, I'll be a lot more worried than than Alan um, sort of thing. So, yeah, I also, a... and I completely bought. I, I I agree with James that you've now got an out and out wide receiver one in Baltimore in Hollywood Brown, who's making the occasional grab, but he's making some incredibly good plays downfield as well. So, um, sign me up for the, the Lamar train. I think Lamar's like a very underrated player. Uh, despite the fact that he gets so much attention anyway, I still think he's one of the, the best quarterbacks in the league. But, yeah, it'll be an interesting Thursday, isn't it? Are you staying up, Lee? You're staying up, aren't you? Always. Always. Uh, I think I probably will do. I, at the start of the week, I was like, uh, but now I'm, I think I'm, I'm back on board with, you know, a bit of Lee positivity has got me going. Yeah. That's what we like. So you've got work, haven't you? You work stuff on Friday morning, so you, you can't go into that Okay. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. Watch it on delay early Friday morning, so my phone will be off until I know the final outcome. Excellent. That's a, that's a brave man leaving your phone off that long these days. But uh, fair play. Uh, we'll get out of it then, lads. Uh, really enjoyable one. Thanks again to James for joining us. And uh, you never know, we might be joining you with another win. Field goal. Two has played. Lee's called it. See you next week. <laughs>